0: Hello, oh, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mystery, And once again, you guys should be used to this. I've gotten rid of Jay for the night. But don't worry, as always, I've replaced him with somebody much, much better. He never listens to these, so he never knows. Uh, but tonight we're going to be joined from across the planet. We're almost at a 12-hour time change difference. So it's the morning there and evening here. But I'm joined by John... From Creepers, Cryptids, and Paranormal Corner. Hello. Hey,
1: mate, how you going?
0: Oh, living the dream. We've been excited for this for a while.
1: Yeah, it's been it's good. It's hard to sort it all out with the time differences, but we found a sort of level ground where it's not two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning for you, and (laughs) it's early enough for me to do it. So
0: yeah, we were we were talking off air when we did the show with um, Weird Crap in Australia so we did for us it was what was it It was 5 a.m we had to get up to start recording and they stayed up yeah. till 11 p.m it was just yeah. this it, but so it was fun because we were both kind of delirious by the end of it but thank you for joining i'm so excited to have you on here
1: yeah thanks for having me yeah it would have been a bit wild around here if i did that i've got the two little kids sitting out in the computer room doing this I would have been in it. would have woke up and been doing cartwheels and <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to have a chat so it's good we've got a time they've just gone out with the missus and the kids have gone over to see her parents for a little bit so we so we can get into this
0: eh? awesome and then before we get rocking and rolling will you please promote yourself
1: yes yeah, well on youtube it's uh, creepers cryptid and paranormal corner It's it's not massive I only started it just it was during the lockdowns we had in Australia where we couldn't go out we'd work go to work come home and i needed something to do so after i had a few encounters i thought i'd make up a youtube channel and start talking about the encounters so yeah so creepers cryptid in paranormal corner and then just on instagram i've just got creepers cryptids it's not real big it's just sort of i made that sort of to talk to people and try and promote a bit so but yeah that's the two places you can find me
0: and once again, everybody, I always have all the links below in the description. So please go subscribe to his YouTube. Sorry about that. I already had a little a Wi-Fi hiccup. Uh, so, yeah, please go subscribe to his YouTube. Um, and I think you're – so I just – I kind of watched your most recent video because you talked about us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you're getting ready yeah. to start doing more and more stuff on the YouTube.
1: Yeah. I start doing. I don't know if it'll be on all on YouTube. There might be a bit on, just on the podcasting services. But yeah, I'm looking at doing some interviews and stuff, and it should be good. It's sometimes like, especially through winter here, it gets pretty cold, and I mightn't have enough time to go out and do investigations. So I can get on. I've got a lot of mates now that are in the industry of, they've made documentaries and have different groups. So it'd be good to get them on and talk to them. There's a lot of I know a lot of people in America and stuff too. So in Europe and that, so it'd be good to get that to the guys here in Australia to listen to.
0: And now I may be wrong. I'm I'm wrong more often than I'm right. It feels like anymore. Uh, <laughs> but aren't you going to a, like a conference or something soon?
1: Um. Yeah. I, was, I. I think there's one in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not too sure what's going on with it. So, I might. Oh, there is one. There was like one you go to in person like you guys have over there <laughs> but um, I'm not sure if that's still going ahead one of the people running that was had passed away but oh. I'm actually doing it online I'm doing an online conference with some guys too they've been doing them for a few years that's probably the one you're talking about
2: yeah
1: it's um our alien ancestry they're bloody they're really good they know their stuff and they come out and do this to sort of help people and let people know what's going on and so there's a lot of people that are in the Shane Yowie research group they're going to be on it and a couple of other people so it's it's good to get on there and have a chat and it's it's pretty cool that people think the things that I've encounters I've had that are actually pretty interesting to them and that when that happens to us you're like oh it's scary and it's not it doesn't really mean much to you but then when people hear it and go wow like we want to hear more it's actually it's it's cool and it's cool and bad at the same time because you want to go looking for more but (laughs) so you get a bit bit worried but it's it'd be good to get on there and have a chat and I love getting out and letting everyone know about my encounters just because I think people should know like I like I said I've got a young family and I used to go camping in the bush all the time and I'd had a couple of encounters when I was younger but I just sort of pushed them aside and didn't think of them but after these recent encounters I've had like it's like people should know about What's going on around us? And the last three, four years when I've had encounters, they've all with, been within five, ten minutes at the most drive from major uh, populations. So they they're so close. So when you're going out bush, you could go three, four hour drive and stuff like that. You're definitely going to have encounters out there if you're paying attention.
0: I can't wait. I'm so excited. So we got Yahweh stuff and we have Dogman stuff. We're going to talk about yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to let you take over. You lead the stories however you want to. Uh, well, I'm yeah, just following.
1: Cool. Awesome. Yeah, well, the, the first encounter I had at the time, we didn't really know what was going on, and until a couple of days later, we sort of sat there and talked about it. But we took a trip down my nana Pops farm. It's about two and a half, three hours' drive from Sydney. So you're sort of heading, heading out west. So we went down there, and we we went really late because dad used to work night shifts and he used to work six days a week work 100 hours like he's a he's a champion the work he had to do to look after us me the mum and my sister so she's he finally got a weekend off so we'd go down we went down there and we left home about 10 o'clock oh no it would have been about eight o'clock nine o'clock we got down there about 11 30 12 o'clock at night and then a pop had already been down there waiting for us and in the time between trips they'd actually got a dam built on the property it was 100 meters long by 50 meters wide and it's about 12 meters deep and me and dad are keen fishermen and they stopped the dam so like we'll go for a walk down the dam tonight and have a look like we haven't seen it yet we might be lucky we might be able to take a rod down or something but it was too late so we went i oh, stuff. Well, we'll just go for a walk and we're umming and ahhing about it and decide oh we probably won't go and then then said well we've got some torches in the cupboard we'll we'll go for a walk we'll just walk down there and see what we and the torch we had it was like an old dolphin torch that people have in the boat the boats and that when they go fishing and a little um led like the the old school security to- torches the ones you couldn't sh- you couldn't shine uh, 10 meters in front of you like they were terrible like us like, oh, yeah suffer we'll go for a walk and so me, mum, dad, and then head off down to the dam. And it was about just over a kilometre walk from the house down there. You go through the open paddock, get down cross a creek, walk up a hill a little bit, and then you're at the dam. You're actually on the dam wall. So, like, how cool is this? We've never been for a walk at night down here. And at that time, no-one lived down there. And people only went there once every 6 or 12 months. So it was really, really like no-one was there. Like, people might go down there for two days and that was it but so we didn't know what was in the area what went on and so we went for a walk and we got about oh, probably about 500 meters from the house and mum said to everyone hey stop can you smell fire and we sort of we all stopped and we we're having a having a sniff like like idiots but we're like yeah we can we can smell fire and this time it was probably about oh, probably about 12:31 o'clock by the time we we're going and it was there was a no moon in the sky and it was that dark down there you haven't got any light pollution from cities or anything and we're like what the hell's going on like if there was a fire we'd be able to see the glow of it from even from behind a hill there'd be enough to glow like be able to see the glow and oh it's a bit weird and kept walking along and we got a bit further down and mum said stop can can you hear fire and sure enough when we all stopped you could hear this like a like a big bush fire coming through the Coming through the bush, and we got a bit, bit weirded out. Then we're like, "What the hell?" Now we can, we can smell fire. Now we can hear it. Like, where's, where is it? And, and then said, "Maybe someone's squatting on the property. They might have a campfire down at the, down at the dam or something." We better go have a look. And you walk down the hill, and it was probably about oh, fifty to hundred meters further from where we heard the fire that, it just stopped. And then you go through a gateway, and then it drops down to the creek. So we've walked through the through the gateway and started headed down towards the creek, and all of a sudden we heard this big crash bang. It was from it was a big willow tree on the other side of the creek. And when we heard this big crash bang, it was enough to stop us. And you hear this weird foop, foop, foop through the air, and we went, like, what's that? And all of a sudden a massive branch hit the fence behind us. So something had been thrown from the from this tree over us, hit the fence behind us, and we freaked. And you heard something run off, something big run off through the bush, and we that was us we were taken off up the hill like like it might be pigs or something we didn't even think about the branch hitting the fence beside us and we've taken off up the house 100 mile an hour and me being i was i was about 15 16 i was fit as and i'd taken off i got about 100 meters in front of everyone and then went i've seen this documentary before i'm heading back i was the one off by myself i was going to get taken out so i ran back and i'm like hurry up Mum, dad let's get out of here like get going and so we got up the house and it shook us and we told pop about it and he said oh maybe some goats are up the tree because the willow tree down there was sort of went along the ground a bit and then come up like it was a big massive willow tree and he said maybe they're up there and they broke something like there's someone got thrown at us so we went for a drive down and underneath the willow tree you could see all the grass was all patted down and there was no sign of goats pigs or anything i've never seen a goat or a pig or anything throw a branch so it had to be a yowie but we weren't thinking that at the time we went up to the dam there was no signs of fire or anything and since this has happened and i've had other encounters and spoke to people and that smell of fires it's been um documented a lot in australia with yowie encounters and then that roar of a fire like obviously it wasn't a fire it might have been this creature growling at us trying to keep us out of the area but so we've gone back up the house after going down and looking and we we're sitting around and thought nothing of it thought oh it's just can't explain it dad goes oh maybe it was a yowie and everyone started to laugh at him and i said what's a yowie and then he explained to me about it being the australian type of bigfoot or sasquatch and i asked pop if we could get on the internet and have a look at look it up and sure enough back then it must have been when australian yowie research website first started and we went on there and from the farm within like 50 kilometers kilometres, had been three or four sided like encounters like put on this website and some of them were back to the 1800s like they were newspaper clippings and stuff you went out to 100 kilometers from the farm and it went to about 50 encounters and you go 200 kilometers it was a thousand like it was ridiculous how many there were around like Mm -hmm. as the crows fly 50k down there's not much it's all flat ground most of it there's not much not many hills and that these creatures that big they can move pretty quickly over a long distance so yeah and that was the first encounter I had and it still spins me out to this day that we had no idea what it was like how stupid were we to think well what's that like that's nothing like it had to be something that threw something at us and but yeah that was so that was my first encounter and yeah, that was when I was about 15, 16, and didn't have anything happen for a long time after that, and up until like the last four years, five years.
0: So, yeah, before we move on to that stuff, I have a couple questions in the comment. Yeah. Uh, the smoke smell. So we've always heard, you know, I guess my first question, are you under the impression that the Yowie and the Sasquatch is at least a similar species?
1: They have to be there has to be something like there has to be a link somewhere you know what i mean like you look at all the different races of people out there and there's got to be these are got they have got to be related somehow they've i reckon they've come from the same area like they've come from the right. same line so but yeah
0: that's what my uh, that's what my thinking is too i just want to make sure that that's kind of your you know kind of thing you know yeah regional <laughs> variants and stuff like that you know you have species yeah. like moose that are circum, you know, they're circumhemispherical. So moose are native to everywhere yeah. in the northern hemisphere, pretty much. Uh, they there are different species of moose yeah. through that area, but it's a yeah. moose, you know, So uh, yeah. everything about that first encounter, if you took out the location, it sounds just yeah. like a, an encounter with a Sasquatch. And for Ohio, yeah. it's called Hocking Hills. Uh, they break trees, uh, yeah. they throw branches. Like, it's just a scare tactics to get you moving.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, that branch that got thrown at us, we're, like, obviously I've been down there a lot since, but I've gone down and made a video to show where it all happened, and that's about 70 metres this branch has been thrown, like, to that willow tree, and I was good growing up playing cricket and, like, I didn't play baseball, but throwing a baseball and stuff, like, I used to be able to throw, and our footy fields are 100 metres, right, and I used to be able to throw a cricket ball from a goalpost, over the black dot of the other goalpost at the other end, so well over hundred meters. Like I had a wicked arm on me, but there's no way in hell I could have thrown that like that branch that far. So it had to be something massive. And me and Dad sort of picked it up and went, holy shit, this is heavy for two people, let alone one thing throwing it at us. Like it's <laughs> it's unhuman. Like it's it's super superpowers. Like
0: I don't know if you heard our episode when we interviewed uh, Andrew. He had. He was in the boat and had a bigfoot encounter here in the U.S., but we talked about a story out of Michigan where the bigfoot was yeah. hunking, you know, about two foot chunks of asphalt at the boat. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, a two foot chunk of asphalt's probably you know seventy five, one hundred pounds. And it was coming up over yeah, well, the top do, of a cliff face. I
1: do, can, yeah, what? I do construction, so we okay. build roads and that. That's yeah, that's that's crazy.
0: Uh, and then so you have a very unique thing that I don't know. You guys smelled smoke. So we've always talked about s- Sasquatch having. You know, people talk about they release... Oh, like, the one i seen, I didn't smell anything. But I do think, like, some primates yep. do release smell as a threat mechanism. Yeah. But I've never heard of one uh, with, like, a smoky smell. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, there's been a few reported over here, sort of like a bushfire, like the eucalyptus sort of smell in the burns and that like our bushfires would smell a bit different to you guys use mainly pine trees and all that but there's been a lot reported with the smoky smell but there's been a 10 times more with like like ammonia sort of yeah like like poo and stuff like that but then there's also been encounters that they've said like a electrical fire like your sort of your welding smell and stuff like that. Like so, it's weird over here with it. That smoky smell over here. Obviously, they're out in our bush. Maybe they eat some of the trees, something off the trees, and that, and it sort of gives them that smell too. Or it so, might have been we just that far away that it sort of smelled a bit different than what it would have been if we were within ten foot. Like.
0: So you're you're saying that you've had other people, or at least uh, reports of other people, having that similar kind of smell with their encounters in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, that. see, I've, I haven't done much research about Australian yaoi uh, because it's it's very difficult to research over here about, you know, any kind of stuff there. It's really hard to yeah. find anything. A lot of the articles are from, you know, MSN or something like that, so it's been eaten yeah. up and spit out six times.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that just bags a person. But if you go into Australian yaoi research, I think it's the yaoi hunters' website. They've got everyone's logged their encounters they've even got an interactive map where you can actually go to and it shows you where all the lo- the locations of the encounters it's it's getting better over here the guys over there are doing an awesome job that's it's awesome the same thing they've got nowhere they could, nowhere they can find encounters and the bloke that made it dean harrison started it because he had nowhere to go to look for any, look for any information on these creatures
0: so yeah that that's amazing because it's those resources are you know here in a uh, here in the US. Oh my gosh, now I just forgot what it's called. I use it for all kinds of research. I know the guys that run it. Now I just forgot it. Uh, yeah. The BFRO. I'm like how did what? I just forget the BFRO? Outside the BFRO. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. The, that's how they they do this a similar thing and that's kind of how it was made too. Yeah. Uh but th- those yeah. are amazing resources. Uh before we move on, I just want your opinion or what your what are your thoughts about the encounter? Do you think it was just trying to get you guys out of there. Do you think it was really aggressive or what's just kind of your general thought?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think we might've just spooked it. Like I say, like not often people would go down the farm. It was just sort of a holiday escape that everyone had gotten. We would just sort of go down there. If we had a spare weekend and had nowhere to go or didn't have much money to go on holidays, you'd go down the farm. So we might've scared it or it might've, there might've been a whole troop of them there or, whatever they'd be called, like a whole group of them there, and that might have been the Alpha saying, hey, oh, stay up the house. like Because no one had been out walking overnight like that down to that location. So might have been we just spooked it, or it might have been it saying, hey, get out of it. This is this is my area.
0: So a couple weeks ago uh, we were hanging out with – I don't know if you know who, like, Ron Moorhead is. Uh, he's the one that – Yeah. Okay, so we were hanging out with Ron Moorhead and Rick Rellis, a Bigfoot researcher, a couple other Bigfoot researchers too. And we were kind of talking yeah. about – that some of the scariest encounters like these aggressive ones are not aggressive. as in wanting to hurt you, but aggressive displays (laughs) uh, are these properties here in the U S that are like, you know, nobody's hunted this property for 10 years. It's the first year anybody's hunted it and they get really, so it kind of sounds like a similar area to that to where it's mostly left alone and then people go in every once in a great while. And then they have an experience because the Bigfoot, the Yowie is like, this is my, you know, this is my
1: area yeah it'd be like someone bashing open up your front door and you're sitting there on the lounge watching tv and you go what the hell are you gonna get up (laughs) and go off and then if it end up being a family member or something you sort of settle down go "Ah, that's all good and I think that's what's happened that we've spooked it it's thrown something off at us and then realized we weren't a threat and that's sort of when it just took off and left us alone but I did have another encounter with this creature that same trip but it was, it was odd, it was just me and Dad went fishing, jumped a fence and we were fishing there and we heard something run through the bush towards us and we sort of freaked and looked and there was a little kangaroo. And we had a bit of a laugh because we were already on, on edge from that night. And about 20 minutes later after us fishing and we are laughing, going, oh, you pussy, you got scared, it was a little kangaroo. We heard the same noise, but it was about 10 times louder. And we're like, oh, it's another kangaroo. And we looked over little kangaroo. The kangaroo looked at us and you seen the colour drain out of its face and it took off. And that's when me and dad, we took off too. We got on the bike and took off. And so it was obviously still in the area and it was sort of obviously running down towards us, but there was no like aggression. There was nothing thrown at us that time. And I've been down the farm again, like since I started doing my YouTube and I made a video down there and found a lot of signs of the creature still being there. But since now and that first... It, I, um encounter down there and then a pop had lived at the farm for a bit my uncles lived at the farm a bit and they've done a bit of shooting and stuff whereas it never used to happen down there so where we've had we've found signs of this creature still being around it's a bit further away from where it was before but there's definite still definitely still a creature down there or creatures down there so it's it's pretty cool it's scary like I said the first time it happened we'd never I'd never even heard of a yowie in it I was, thought I was going to die that night and and I, yeah so
0: sorry I, I forgot what I was going to say No that. it's I, it's my brain works the same way cuz when I had my Bigfoot encounter when I was I was about 15 16 also uh yeah that I felt the same way at the time it was the scariest thing ever it freaked us out I didn't go back you know yeah. I stopped doing a lot of stuff and looking back now after we yeah. got into this stuff I, if it wanted to hurt me it would have hurt me you know, we were 100%. thirty foot away from it, and we were kids. And you know, if if it wanted to grab me and take off, it would have. Like there we it, we nobody would yeah. ever heard from us again.
1: That's uh, it. I don't want to be don't want to be rude, but how old are you?
0: Oh no, that's not rude. Uh, I'm twenty eight.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say I'm thirty two. So yeah, it's funny because I've had so many encounters, and a lot of my friends in that have all had their like their say their first encounters the ones that got them into this sort of stuff was like so i was 15 16 which would have been about 2005 2006 in australia in that 2005 to say 2008 there's been it was just like an explosion of encounters whether that was a real big breeding time or what and then it sort of goes quiet hot and cold either side of that two Mm. or three years like so that's why I was asking and I was like oh maybe it was around that same time and maybe it the same around the world as well but I've sort of been looking into that a bit to see try and find a bit of a common ground whereas it might be every couple of years say they might have a big boom of three or four two or three years where they really breed up and then they go quiet for a bit and then do it again so I'm sort of been trying to look into that but I could definitely so. see
0: something like that happening or where like so here in the us we have uh, we have the 17-year cicada hatch So every yep. 17 years They come out of the ground uh, You guys have cicadas there? Yeah Okay
1: So yeah, every every summer
0: Yeah, we have we have cicadas every years, summer every, oh. But there's different species That are different hatch rates But when we have the 17-year cicada Here on the Appalachian part of the U.S. The The Copperhead population Almost quadruples The next following year Yeah and it's because that literally the ground is covered. Yeah. Uh, the ground is covered in food source form. So, you know, yeah. nobody's struggling, nobody's hunting. Like, there's literally just food everywhere. So, if it's something like that yeah. where it's food source connected, or, you know, it doesn't have to be food source, but something similar, yeah. I could see that. Or they're yeah, just getting a, braver.
1: Might be the might be the weather patterns or yeah. something. But yeah. And I, and I know in the last five, last two years, we don't have native deer here they've been introduced on deer farms and stuff and they've had them escape and people have bought them as pets and that and the last two years our deer population i think they said it increased something like um two hundred and fifty thousand percent or something ridiculous like that we've gone from having no deer and you got to get permits to everything to them saying like in the last two years going look they're a pest now shoot and kill as many as you want now we need to try and get the numbers under and i've started seeing him in my town like driving out of town to go to work and that and we've never had deer there this farm now they've started finding the scratching on the trees from the antlers and stuff and it's so i'm tipping the next 10 years or so they're the population of these creatures are going to go through the roof again so not even 10 years probably the next two or three years we'll have another boom where everyone will be seeing a heap of them again so i know since covid we've had so many encounters and i think it's because we're all in lockdown and then we all come out of lockdown and got to explore again and these creatures were probably going hey where where are all the people gone so they've come sort of looking for us to see what was going on but i reckon the next couple of years it's going to get pretty wild with them
0: See, I think we had the exact opposite thing happen here at, for our COVID stuff. Yeah. Because that was pretty much the only thing that yeah. was still open was state parks. Uh, yeah. So everybody's like, well, I can't go to the mall. I can't go to the movie. You know, might as well go for a walk. Yeah. Bigfoot's probably hated it. Because there's all these yeah. people are just we out went, all the time.
1: Yeah. But well, when we had the lockdowns, we couldn't go right. 5Ks from the house. So you couldn't get to any of the state forests, So the, they weren't sort of closed, as you'd say. Like, they're not gates locked and everything, but no one went into them, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the creatures would be used to our state forests and national parks, and that gets smashed with people, tourists and everything. They'd be used to all these people. And two or three months into the lockdowns, they would have been going, what the hell's going on? Where are all these people? So they would have been come looking for they us. probably
0: thought you guys went extinct.
1: Yeah, it could have been wild, could be wild... I've had, and a lot of people are having so many encounters around the population. They're not having to travel there three or four hours. I know a lot of my friends, they'll drive an hour or two hours up to the Blue Mountains and then they'll hike three or four hours down into a valley and they have their encounters there. But I'm getting in the car, driving 10 minutes to where I go fishing in my kayak and having encounters. It's like I'm within, say, a kilometre of someone's farm. Like, I've never heard of anything like this. It's
0: Crazy. And maybe before I move on, one thing that I think a lot of the other, basically the rest of the world, may not understand about Australia, I mean, you talked about it a little bit yeah. off air, is that it's a massive yeah. country with a very low yeah. population.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, we're nearly this. I think they said we're the same size as the United States. Yeah. I think maybe without Alaska. Yeah. Or the, the sorry, we're the, we've got the same land masses of populated areas of the America, like the United States. So that's pretty big, and yeah. we've only got. Tw- I think it's. I think we're almost at twenty-five million people. So, so
0: for everybody at home, land and yeah, Chicago yeah. here in the U.S. has two point five million people. So ten percent of Australia's population lives in Chicago alone. That yeah, that's, that's crazy. Crazy
1: to when you think of it like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying so it's it, they're roughly the same size as continental U.S. Uh, yeah. And you, you imagine there if there was only twenty like you could probably take twenty cities in the U.S. and get that number. Let it, and yeah. then spread Easy. it out, you know. So the population, yeah. like all your hills, all your valleys, they could have all yeah. kinds of no contact. So I think you guys may yeah. have a lot more you guys may have higher numbers than we do over here
1: but yeah well that's it you look at our encounters and then you say you if you went off the population like percentage like we're having we've got a pretty big strike rate with encounters with these creatures and as I was saying to you like I think it's something like 90 percent of the population live in 10 percent I think it might be 16 percent of the land mass so that's a big chunk that people aren't living in, and usually just driving through to get to another town. They're not hanging out, and I think even with camping and stuff like that, they probably probably only go around to say twenty percent of the location, like of the landmass. So there's a lot of space that hasn't been seen, and that's why I laugh when they say like the Tasmania tigers extinct. You can go to the Blue Mountains. It's an an hour and a bit from Sydney. Like I said, had had three or four meters, three or four hours into the bush people haven't been there before how can you say that a creature isn't still alive there let alone these big massive creatures and even the little ones because we've got we've got the little yowies they're called ginjuddies, jin, and they get to about two foot tall they're a bit chunkier than that and then we've got the normal yowies which a lot of people call them the dooligar and stuff like that but then we also have a lot of reports of the large ones sort of like the encounters that people have in alaska or canada and stuff like they we call them Quinkins over here, where they're getting to the 12, 14, 15 foot tall. And, and you think, like, how you think, oh, they wouldn't be able to survive in Australia, but when we're only using 10% of the of the land mass, there's a lot of space for these creatures to survive and go unseen. A
0: hundred percent. I think that's just something the rest of the world maybe doesn't realize about Australia. Because you know, see it on the yeah. map and stuff, it's huge. So you just imagine it's a huge populated country. Yeah. And it's just, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it is a monstrous country with amazing wildlife and untouched yeah. lands. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we exactly. did. We talked about the rainforest in the southwest corner of Australia. Now I can't think of the name of it, but it is the largest, most undocumented rainforest left on the planet because nobody yeah. can go in there because everything will kill you, and it's so far away from medical yeah. treatment. No biologist wants to risk it. Uh, so yeah, exactly. anything could be there. The Triassic. Tasmanian tiger, that me- yeah. Megalania.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I know, and I know there's panthers in Australia. Like I've had three encounters with panthers. I've seen them, and they say they don't exist. And, and I thought maybe when America come over for World War One, and that they had mascots, and they said when the war finished, they let all their mascots go. Like there was alligators let go in my creek, like the river out. It's probably five hundred meters from my me house. So there was alligators. Um, like let to go, let go wild, but they end up dying. They found them the next once, once, once winter time hit, they died off because it's too cold for the crocodiles to live down here. But they had panthers, jaguars, everything. They let them go because they couldn't take them home with them. And so I've had encounters. i know of thousands of encounters with panthers. <clears throat> Sorry, but um, there's also cave paintings in the Kakadu, at the top tip of Australia, of black panthers from say 10,000 years ago the aboriginals painted and my uh, my family's ancestry aboriginal so I'm 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 a proud aboriginal I know I'm not dark skin or that but I've, I've got enough of it in me to get me into it and I want to learn more about my family because a lot of them got murdered in a massacre and but so nothing against them but how could the aboriginals 10,000 years ago draw a creature right. that they'd never seen before they couldn't have made up a big black cat to draw on a wall yeah like, oh, i wonder if i ever see one of these things like there's documented paintings of these creatures being here too like the stories of them they couldn't train them so the aboriginals used to kill them because they would they'd kill people they couldn't train or anything whereas the dingoes and the thylacines and that either oh, didn't touch them or they could train them to, to use them to hunt and stuff where these big panthers were wiping people out so they killed them off and we've got documented i think it's a um What's it called? The marsupial lion.
0: Right, you I was going to say thyacolia.
1: Yeah, they were here and they were a tan color. And I've seen a tan-colored big cat run across the road in front of me. Whether it was one of them, maybe or not, but the was, black ones.
0: I was going to say the got same the black thing. Big
1: panthers and
0: that yeah. uh, I wonder if it's a thylacoleo because
1: you know they. It could be because we got, we got um, dingoes here and they're tan colors. Everyone sees the dingoes. But in my area, you drive 10 minutes up. There's a national park there. They actually had a cull of these wild dogs. They had down in the valley. They thought they were wild dogs. All these black things. They were eating people's sheep and that. And they done tests on them. They were purebred black dingoes. So they've animals evolved to mm-hmm. their location. See, so black goes will hide and camouflage in the in a dark green forest before a tan coloured creature was. So these panthers that people are seeing mightn't be black panthers like you guys have over there and that they could be these marsupial lions that have just evolved in this location to become that color they're black instead of the tan like sandy color so but they're here and there's a lot more other things that are out in the bush here that no one knows about and probably won't ever know about because like you said we only use 10 percent of the location
0: yeah i mean it's amazing do you want to move on to your next encounter yeah.
1: Yeah, well there was another encounter, it was with a with a Yowie. I had a it was actually a bluff charge and it scared the absolute crap out of me. And it was just it was the, Yeah. I wonder was, why. This was close yeah, this wasn't three hours away at Nanna Pops farm. This is about a five minute drive from my house. And at the same time it was what's it, COVID started the start of like it was basically the start or well, the end of December two thousand nineteen. This was about I think it was December December 2018, sorry, because it was the, um, my son was born. And I'd started going out fishing. I'd got some time off the missus, like after the baby was, like after my son was born, I had some paternity leave from work so I could help her and hang out with the kids and that. I think I had a couple of weeks off anyway. In that time, I was, I'm a mad fisherman. I go out my kayak all the time, bass fishing. And anyway, I was like, if I get up early in the morning and I'm home by say eight o'clock in the morning, is that all right i'm not gonna stuff his around she's like yeah that's good because then you can give my daughter get the daughter breakfast and help him get ready for the day and that so some mornings i was getting in the kayak in the water at three o'clock in the morning and it's dark around here like the our, our rivers aren't as big as your guys like some of our rivers are only 10 meters wide and it's all overgrown see so even when the sun starts to come up until it's right up in the sky it's still dark in these places and so i'd started going to this spot and I went there one morning, got in the water, and I fished up the river. I think I caught something like forty old bass in an hour and a half. I was like, I'm definitely going back there, and I got there earlier. And at that same time, it was when uh, the bushfires were on in Australia. Like there was a really big, like big bushfires going on and that, and although only just, they were, they weren't the massive ones that we had that you guys would have seen, but there was bushfires at the time, and I was got to this spot, it was about four o'clock in the morning and a little track, you go down and then you hold onto a bit of a branch, drop the kayak into the water, climb down into it and so I've done that, hopped into it and jumped in the kayak, got all my fishing gear ready. It was about 10 minutes, I was sitting there getting it all ready and I smoked like rolly cigarettes. So I'd roll one up and whacked it in my mouth and as I flicked the lighter to take a drag of it, something from the bush that I'd walked through and like climb through to get into the water, come charging through, smashing everything, and stopped within, it's probably just over a metre from the edge of the bank, and I panicked, I, sh- I crapped, I've looked up, couldn't see anything, and I've just pushed off with the paddle, pushed off into the water, and I'm floating in the middle going, holy crap, what's going on, and I sat there for about half an hour and looking around, couldn't see anything, I eventually had paddled up to the edge and climbed up on the bank and was holding onto the bank and couldn't see nothing there at all, using the big torch and stuff, and... But there was the grass was all flattened down, and that scared the absolute crap out of me. And the sun had started starting to come up, and further up the river, you could hear a lot of deer, and that taken off crazy through the bush. So maybe this creature had headed up there. But the thing that got me is when this was all going on, I could hear this like like it was weird, like a uh, noise in my head. It was sort of the only way I can explain it's sort of like you making the predator noise, like the predator movies, mm-hmm. you make that noise. And I could hear that and um, I could hear that in my ears and I was like, what the hell is that? I, there's nothing there. It was just like in my head. And when I paddled up and stood up on the bank to have a look, I had the idea of yelling into the, I was going to yell out to try and spook something out of the bush. Maybe it was a big pig or a freak sound like a big bull like running at me. I was like, maybe I could spook whatever it is out. And I've gone to yell and I physically couldn't make a noise and after it all happened and stopped, and I sort of got home and I thought about it, I was like, "That's so weird that I couldn't physically make a sound." A lot of people said to me, "Oh, you're just scared. You're petrified. You couldn't." And I was like, "Well, I paddled up to the edge, stood up on the bank, and was looking. If I was petrified to the point that I couldn't physically make a noise, was like I wouldn't have been able to do that." And I've had a few of my friends say to me maybe it was I was getting hit with infrasound, and that's why I couldn't mm-hmm. make the noise. And you look in infrasound; that's what they the tigers and the elephants can do the tigers hit the little antelope with it with the infrasound or hit the monkeys with it they stop making noises in the tree to stop spooking off their prey was they're coming through the bush the tigers are massive animals to be sneaking through the big heavy animals sneaking through the bush to try and get a kill and it sort of made sense and it was it was weird i had my gopro going the whole time because i had it on a chest mount and it's still the only footage i've had on my gopros that's ever come back corrupt i was like oh my god i've caught this i've had it going the whole time got home corrupt i've still got the file on my computer maybe one day i might be able to get it fixed or whatever like but it was the only time that's happened i've only the only time i've ever heard a noise like that in my head and that being able to stand up there and not make a noise i thought even i got to the stage i was that scared i was like maybe if i yell as loud as i could the people at the farm up the road might hear me and might come down because i was petrified I couldn't get out of the kayak to head to the car because it was it was in the bush that I'd walked through to get to the water. So if that creature was still there and it was going to get me, if I got out of the water and head up to the car, it could have grabbed me. And I was going in there and I was looking around with the torch as I was heading down. I didn't see anything. And people have said like maybe like maybe the yowie had gone invisible or whatever, like they can cloak or whatever. That's why I couldn't see it, but whether it just maybe jumped at me, scared me, and then took off and I didn't hear it because I was too busy panicking paddling out of there. I might've heard it left the area, but yeah, that was the second encounter with the Yowie. And yeah, I didn't didn't know about infrasound or anything at the time. And in that same location, it was nearly 12 months to the day was I had another Yowie encounter and it, was, and it was just before I started having the dog man encounters in a different location. and me and the brother-in-law had gone fishing after that first encounter at this location i'd stopped going there of not like early in the morning i'd stopped fishing anywhere early in the morning i started waiting till the sun come up and said nah, i'm not going out in the dark anymore and we went there one afternoon me and the brother-in-law and we paddled down and thought how good is this we're going out here we've caught heaps of fish here before so we go for a fish and we've headed down and a massive storm come over I can't remember the name of the clouds but you see them before massive storms it's sort of, it's sort of like the sky goes to like bubble wrap, they're like perfect mm-hmm. balls and I was like wow look at them clouds and my brother in like dude we're in trouble here, he flies planes he goes we're in trouble here, I think they start with M, I can't remember the name of him, he said we're in trouble, that means the atmosphere is really um, unstable and we're going to cop it and basically that word cop it come out of his mouth and all of a sudden the trees were nearly laying over, the wind hit and we basically paddled in, hit under some trees and got absolutely smashed by this storm and all my, like I've got good rods, they're all carbon fiber, graphite, I've got them hidden in my kayak, hoping I don't get hit by lightning and that. And our plan was to go for a fish for an hour or so and then go home and with this storm hit, we were paddling back to the car in the dark. And that that was really worrying me, because I was like, great, we're here again at night, we're gonna be in trouble. And Nothing was happening. All of a sudden, I cast the lure out as I was paddling back, and I heard a bump noise in the bush. And from that point onwards, every time I took a paddle, I could hear something walking through the bush, following me. It was on two feet. It wasn't cow or a horse or anything. Like I've trained racehorses for ten years. I know what it sounds what a big a big horse sounds like going through the bush and stuff. So, so I could hear this thing walking along. I'd stop. I'd shine the torch up there. Couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And we'd gotten up a bit further and. I sort of seen this eye out to the left. And me man, the brother-in-law, were like, "What the hell's that?" And we were within two or three meters. And all of a sudden, all these other eyes started popping up. It was like a cartoon. It scared the crap out of us. All these eyes are peering in our shine, a torch shining at this location. End up being like, I think it was about 30 deer. That we sort of spooked them, and they were sort of <laughs> like, "What the hell's going on?" But when we looked at them. We, we got close enough to look they weren't even looking at us they were looking across the river to whatever it was walking along in the bush and that's sort of when we got a bit freaked out and went maybe this is that same creature and then all the deer took off and that was that uh, was us we were paddling off like crazy got back to the car didn't hear anything after the deer took off so we don't know if this creature was following us or it might have known that them deer were up there and that it was actually that was what they were going to go for but we got out of there and yeah, that that spot. I've only been back there once or twice since, and in the last four years, it's it was bloody crazy. That the infrasound, though, like if that's what it was, it, it had to be. I couldn't make a noise, but that was wild.
0: That that definitely it does sound like infrasound, especially when you're talking about the clicking in your head. So yeah. uh, what that well, uh, what our theory is, or at least my my personal thoughts, is it's actually your ear bones being vibrated. So it's yeah. inside your own head and it's literally yeah. this little clicking sound because people here in the U S yeah. report that same, that same thing, not being able to talk. And they hear this yeah. described as static or almost electricity in their head.
1: Yeah. And well, it, sounded, yeah, it sounded like a predator noise. Yeah. Like if you look, I've looked up predator noise and there's a man that does that noise on the, on YouTube. And it was dead set. The noise I heard in my ears, I was like, what the hell? Like, and then, but yeah, that, that, that noise, it, I didn't feel. A lot of people say they feel sick or that, but that was the only thing. I just couldn't make a noise, but that could have been what it wanted from me. You know what I mean? Right, I didn't want yeah. me to yell out just in case to something shut on up. The farm heard. Yeah, and it obviously didn't want to hurt me. And a lot of people have said to me too, and I thought it was because of the bushfires on at the at that time. If you follow, there's a little creek from where I go in there. If you follow that sort of, you can follow it for about 15 k's, and it takes you to the Blue Mountains. So maybe this. Yeah, he was down there because it had escaped the fires that are up in the Blue Mountains and me lighting that cigarette, it might have thought I was trying to start a fire and that's why he <laughs> jumped out and charged me and then realised what I was doing and then went, oh, hang on, he's not starting a fire, he's just lighting a cigarette, the idiot. You know what I mean? That's, what it, that's how it, a lot of people have said maybe that's why it did it. It see that flame and went, hey, I've just escaped from these fires. Don't be starting one here, mate. And You could have got me the same thing.
0: You may have just made our new T-shirt because we have Smokey <laughs> the Bear here, but you have Smokey <laughs> the Yowie.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> no, that's I mean that yeah, is they are, interesting. They're not angry. dumb.
1: He might have been cranky. He might have been cranky. I didn't give him one. Nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I mean we've had stories of them no. wanting tobacco and stuff like that here.
1: Yeah, well I've heard a lot of it, and all my encounters I always have a cigarette when I'm out because get me stressed out and I always have encounters when I'm smoking but like I said I smoke so it's just could be just, just a coincidence. Yeah, could be that that one was definitely I was lighting a cigarette and it it charged me and I think that's what it was it was the flame of me lighter it thought I was trying to start a fire maybe yeah, it might have got hurt in the bushfires or whatever and gone there to get out of them or just yeah it thought I was trying to start a fire so as well you cut that out but <laughs> yeah, it could have got me. It could have easily where it was. It could have leant over and grabbed me if I wanted to, and it was massive. Like it sounded like a big bull running through the bush. It wasn't a little kangaroo or a wombat. I've been hunting and in the bush my whole life, and I've heard the noises of creatures in in our like in our bushland, and it was nothing like I'd ever heard before. So,
0: so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh be- besides farm animals in Australia, your biggest yeah. land animals are. Probably kangaroos and deer and pig.
1: Yep. Up the top end, we've got buffalo, like the top end of Australia, but nothing around here, but big water buffalo and that. But the biggest, yeah, we get the big red kangaroos, which we don't have in this this area. We've only got the gray kangaroos. There is pigs around here, but they're not as big as the one. Out west, they get massive. Like I've seen some monsters out there, but the ones around here are sort of mid-sized wild boars. But other than that, yeah, little kangaroo, wallaby, nothing. Yeah. Nothing of the size of these creatures I've been here and come through the bush at me, and it's crazy.
0: But, yeah, the, the the bluff charge is something I've never experienced. I never want to experience. And like you said, nah. if it wanted to get you, it could have got you. You know, but it's still yeah. a terrifying yeah. thing to have a very large yeah. animal just <laughs> running at you and stopping a few feet away.
1: Yeah. And the fact that I'd walked through, like I would have been within arm distance of it coming through the bush. And I went to go out there to do a recreation video. And the land that I used to get in there was owned by the university, like the college there. And something happened with the council. The council, like our area, I think they stopped paying the college to lease that area next to the bridge and anyway something happened council stopped giving them money for it so the college has gone stuffies and put a big barbed wire fence up around so you can't get in there whether someone might have someone else might have had an encounter down there they don't want anyone to get there but i don't want to get full conspiracy theorists about it but i think that's what's happened they stopped paying the bills so the university said stuffies you can't go there so i can't get to that location anymore i might get onto them one day and try and see if i can get permission say i want permission to be able to get there to get me kayak in the water again but but yeah, that was, so that that encounter happened then nearly 12 months of the day was when I had that encounter with my brother-in-law in that same spot. So since then onwards, that's when it's been closed off. But yeah, it's minute five, five minute drive from my house. And like I said, from that first encounter there, I'd stopped going early in the mornings. So I'd only go fishing after the sun come up. It sort of stuffed up me fishing, um, the fishing a bit. But yeah, after that encounter happened, I stopped, Fishing out there completely. I actually, found another river system it was about half an hour drive from my house to go fish at, and that's when I had the encounters with dog man.
0: So you keep hitting at that. I, I know everybody at home's probably biting at the bit. Uh but yeah. So do you have another yowie encounter? Or are we moving on to dog man?
1: Nah, look, after these dog man encounters too, like it might have been a dog man. These encounters, not a yowie. And without seeing that creature, bluff charge me in that. Right. Like it, you a know, lot of people no. said, maybe it was a dog man, and yeah, no definitive answer to it. And I know since I've had these dog man encounters, I've, my dad even said to me, he goes, you know what? I've had these encounters. He goes, you know what? When you're a kid, and I remember, as soon as he told me, it was like it was blocked in my memory. When you're a kid, you woke up one night. Dad used to do the milk run, so he'd get up at two o'clock in the morning and go deliver milk and. So he used to sleep up the front of the house in the spare room so he didn't wake mum up every morning going to work. So during the week he'd sleep there, then he'd go back to their bed on the weekend when he wasn't working. But I woke up one night and come in and woke him up and said, Dad, there was a dog at the window. And I said to him, "Now, like I said, when he was telling me, I that's when I remembered. And I remember I heard a noise at the window. And when I looked, I looked out the window, pitch black, well, there's a moonlight so I could just sort of see, but there was a dog which i said that dad was a cock dog which is a german shepherds so that's how i explained it to him when i was like five or six or whatever it was he said and i said there was a cop dog and it was standing there with its paws on my windscra- window sill and looking in at me when i pulled the blinds back there was this dog looking me in the eyes and dad said how do you know that wasn't a dog man because <laughs> he laughed at me and said oh whatever and I jumped into bed with him because I was too scared to go back there he goes just get into bed go to sleep and like two minutes after that there was a bang and a clang and a pot plant got broken something ran through the run through the garden and took off and he jumped up and went out and went shit there must have been a dog there and after these encounters of me telling him he goes you know what remember that and I was like holy how did I holy shit how did I forget about that and he said maybe this creature's always been around ya and that could be what I'm having encounters with all the time like but, yeah, no, I've never heard of anyone looking out the window and having a dog lean on the windowsill and looking at them. Like, so maybe this creature had been around me. and.
0: That is that is absolutely terrifying. But yeah. there are several encounters. So for Michigan, like the Michigan dog man is pretty big here in the U.S. Yep. Uh, They look in windows. They do this, like, they yeah. will look in your car. Like, there's people that have been sleeping in their car, and they wake up, and there's just this giant canid face. Just looking right at them. Uh, No, thank you. I don't think I'd ever leave the house again.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I was a bad sleeper. Like, I'd always run into mum and dad's bed and stuff like that all the time because I'd hear stuff at the side. There's nothing outside. There's nothing there. And I was laughed at dad. I said, you know what? All all this stuff that's happened to me now, maybe there was stuff (laughs) going on back then and I wasn't just being a little sook, you know what I mean? Like, it was legit stuff happening around me and, and like i don't live far from where my aboriginal ancestors live so maybe that's why these creatures being drawn to me is maybe it's picking up on them or it was their way like i said when i had these encounters with it um like i said it was about a week later after that yowie or whatever this encounter i had with that creature it was in a national park named after my aboriginal ancestors and when everything that happened there everyone said maybe that was their way of waking you up or getting you to because since then that's when i started going to the land council and trying to learn about my family and that and i was like maybe that was their way of getting me involved in what i'm supposed to do in life or whatever but yeah but with them the yaoi encounter there like i was saying that that infrasound it's it freaked me out like i sort of jumped ahead of you if you wanted to ask me some questions no no keep going get into the dog man you can go but but yeah so but anyway so this after this dog man encounter like i said the first one i didn't know dog man existed and i even thought the first encounter i had at this location was a yowie because i didn't believe in him i used to see dog man on the youtube and it would be an eyeball from 500 meters away and recorded on a potato and i'd laugh and go yeah right freaking (laughs) be werewolf in the bush that's an eyeball it could be recorded on a a, potato deer in it yeah that's what they always do. like their 500 meter zoom i know
0: exactly what pictures you're talking about
1: yeah and it's like what the hell is that like that's nothing so i used to laugh about them all the time and but i've had this encounter and a lot of odd like strangeness had that happened that day and I was, I think it was about two weeks after that Yowie encounter, sorry, because I started going to this new location. I'd gone fishing a few times, and one, one of the trips I swore I seen something up the top of a big gum tree. It was too far away to get. I didn't want to get close anyway. It looked like, I don't know if you guys have mistletoe, like, in America, whereas like a bird will take the seed to a tree and that would be mistletoe, and it takes over the tree and it sort of strangulates mm-hmm. and kills the tree. It's sort of that's what they call it over here, mistletoe stuff. It, huh. It's like it looks like a big knot, and it will actually take all the nutrients and everything out of that tree that it's being planted on. Like it's just we we'll say a bird's taking a crap there, and their seeds sprouted, and it sort of yeah strangulates the tree. And they have these big whooping sort of nearly like willow tree leaves that come off it, like this willow, this mistletoe stuff. And we have a lot of that over here. And I thought it was one of them up there, up in top of this tree. And I sort of laughed. I went, "Freak that! That mistletoe looks like it's got a face on it." Anyway, I've kept fishing and come back about ten minutes later and went, "That mistletoe's gone from that tree. So maybe it it was a creature up the top of this tree." And I've gone to another spot and I was going to go try this location I'd planned on it. And I went there the day before and went, "Yep, this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to get up." Get over here. Get there about leave home about five o'clock. Takes half an hour to get there. I stop get a coffee. Get there by the time I set up, we be about six o'clock. the Sun's up. I'm cheering. So, so I've gone. Yep, that's my idea for tomorrow. And I'd gotten up that next morning. I got down to the old local Maccas to get a coffee. And went crap. I forgot my wallet. I don't ever forget my wallet because I always we're gonna have our fishing license on us at all times in Australia. Or they can um they can confiscate all your gear and you won't get it back so i'm not losing me thousand bucks worth of fishing gear and my kayak so i've always got me wallet got the mac as i said had no wallet crap had to go home got the got that went and got the coffee headed over to this location i was going to go fishing at i got there gates closed and i was like what the hell it's a this is a sort it's a national park but it's not like our national parks are usually like you can't go fishing and stuff so this is it's a national park but you're allowed to go in there and fish and stuff and so it's not a full-blown one it's sort of like a state forest but they call it national park here but the gates are always closed at six o'clock it's eight o'clock at night in summertime and open again at seven o'clock in the morning but I've been going to these locations and the gates are always open and for some reason that morning that gate was locked and I went oh what am I going to do now and I was thinking about me father-in-law had been telling me about another spot it was about five five minute drive down the road he said we used to go fishing here when we were kids we used to go swimming here as kids sorry and no one ever went there other than the locals that lived in the area so no one knew about it i was like that could be an awesome spot to go so i've so stuff it i'm going there for a fish there shouldn't be a gate there and as i've got to this gateway i've gone to drive in the gate and i was listening to um music on my spotify in the car and my Spotify glitched out and it went to a song that I still can't find anywhere. I can't find on my Spotify or anywhere on the internet. And the words said, you know, this is a bad idea. In the It was like a chorus and it sung it a couple of times and then it just stopped and went back to the song that I was listening to. And I went, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. And <clears throat> after all this happened, it's sort of obviously tied into this. But, so I pulled up, got out, got my kayak out, got my gear ready i thought it was only a little trip down to the water and it actually turned out to be like a half an hour of bush bashing with the kayak absolute torture to get down there but i started heading down i got about 100 meters down from the thing went crap i forgot me gopro which like i said another odd thing i had the gopro chest mount on already but i hadn't got the gopro out of my Ute and connected it up which doesn't happen i never make these mistakes as i I don't go fishing often. I love it, and when I do, I have everything lined out of a night. I've all my rods ready with the first lures I'm going to use connected up, like, like full anal. Like it's once I hit the water, I'm ready to go, and all these things kept happening to me. And I finally, like I said, finally got in the water. It took me about half an hour to get. It was about three hundred meters from the ute into the water. It took me half an hour. Got in there. Got everything settled and I spent the paddle off and I was stuck in the sand it was that shallow and oh this is a waste of time why'd do I do this and I had to drag myself through the sand got finally got to a deeper spot and it just dropped off it was awesome and I looked around and it was perfect it was like my own little oasis it was bloody the water was perfectly clean was, the bush looked heaps good and I was like how nice is this it's like my own little oasis there's no one around nothing I'm first cast I had on one in this surface little back and I was having five, and five or six fish at the same time trying to hit this lure. I'd hook one, take the hook out, chuck it back, throw it. I was fishing along the same... Every cast I did, that lure hit the water, it was that was happening. And I was like, this is like no one's ever been here before. And after that bush bash I did, I, the average person going fishing in their kayak or even going in their kayak's not going through that to get here. And this is not a well-known location, so people wouldn't be going, oh, we'll go there and bush bash and get to that spot because there's fish there. I'd never heard of anyone going to this location before. So I'm paddling along and <clears throat> they kept being off in the distance. I kept hearing a, um, a heap of cockatoos going off. If you heard the cockatoos mm-hmm. go nuts? They're freaking loud and they go crazy and thought nothing of it. And I was paddling along and down on my left, out of nowhere, I sort of seen this gray flash through the bush. And I picked it as oh something well, I had my sunnies on and maybe something just the sun flashed or something maybe seeing it and i sort of thought nothing of it again and kept paddling and i seen this big there was big massive big rock in the water further down i went that's it i'm going to there that's i'm going to target that there'll be a fish there for sure so i've got there cast at it sure enough hooked the fish that was it brought it in and then out of nowhere I sorry so i brought that fish in chucked it out turned to me right and cast to the right bank as soon as I cast that lure, it hit the water. Something off in the bushland come f- charging through the bush, and it sounded like a bulldozer coming through. It was smashing branches. you could hear the footsteps and each swinging each arm, hitting branches, smashing them out of the way. And I was like, "What the hell's that?" And it stopped just out of sight and just started roaring off its absolutely off its head. And at that time, as it running down, I'd hooked the fish and I'm winding it in. And I'm going, what the hell's that got it in? And I've got it into the kayak. I'm trying to get the hooks out. And that's when this thing started roaring at me. So I'm panicking going, oh, I've got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. I'm getting the hooks out. Just as, I, um, as I'm as i doing this, I heard this voice in my head that said, go now or you'll die. And it wasn't my voice. It wasn't my thoughts. It was a, it was a voice I'd never heard before. I've got the hooks out, chuck this fish into the water. And as this fish hit the water, this creature went to a whole nother level. The roars got louder. You could feel it in your chest. It was weird. It was like the roar it was doing was loud and it sort of sounded like a lion. But then it would go, and then it'd go, it'd take a breath in. But that breath in, its lung capacity was obviously that big that when it took a breath in, it was like another different vocalisation. It nearly sounded like a grizzly bear. So I'm here, I'm petrified trying to get this like I said, got this fish, threw it in the water and it went crazy then. It got louder, it started smashing stuff, and I turned around and paddled, and this thing was still in my head saying, Go now or you will die. And I'd got about fifty metres up the river and nothing. It just stopped. Didn't hear anything behind me. I didn't I didn't stop, I kept going and I'd gotten back to the gotten back up to where I got out and I was getting out of the water and jumped out chucked me rods up on the hill turned around went to turn around to grab me kayak and something hit my fishing rods and knocked them over so whether this creature had been following me the whole time and got there and having a joke with me then and threw something at me to get me out of there but that happened I grabbed the kayak and usually I just drag it through the bush and I don't really care it's a real old one it wouldn't get wrecked anyway but that happened I chucked the kayak on my shoulder grabbed me rods and I ran that half an hour, I think it only took me about five ten minutes to get back to the car, and I got up there and I, I was absolutely packing it. I sat around for about forty minutes in. I got everything straight in the ute. I got in the ute and I was sitting there and I. When I was getting in the ute, that's when I realised like, holy shit! I had the GoPro going that whole time, so I've recorded that whole encounter. So I'm sitting there and, with me being there, I know what the sounds like, what it sounded like, but i put it on youtube and youtube's lost all the quality and you can't sort of hear the roar in it i can hear it i even took it home and showed my missus and she could hear the roar straight away she's like wow that's crazy but you put it on the internet and you lose all the all the um quality out of it but if you listen enough you can see it on my youtube it's actual the first video i've got on there is actually the original footage of that encounter and after listening to it even i got there on my phone before i could leave because i couldn't move properly i I used to get, I still do. I get like anxiety and really bad, and my anxiety was that bad, but, and the adrenaline, I couldn't drive. So I was looking up stuff like light sounds in the Australian bush. I looked up kangaroos, koalas, pigs, everything. You, koalas in mating season are pretty creepy sounding and stuff too. But so I've looked up all these noises, couldn't find anything. Bar one roar sounded like a lion, another roar sounded like a like a grizzly bear, <clears throat> and i got home and i was crapping myself i'd message me mate and talk to him and saying look this is what's happened i think a yowie has charged me at this spot now and we were talking about it and stuff and i had another encounter with this creature three days later and that's when i found out that it wasn't a yowie; it was actually a dog man but but yeah it was wild and like i said that voice in my head that wasn't me that was i don't know if it was this creature or being in this national park to do with my Aboriginal ancestors, was it them coming through, warning me to say, get out of there or what? But, yeah, it, was, it would have been the scariest thing I've ever encountered. I've had a few things happen since then that were worse, but that, that certain spot, it's only about 10 metres wide, that thing, and that, like where that thing charged me, and it was that big, the way it was running through, even without a clean run to the bank, I reckon it could have jumped and landed in my kayak and if not, it was that shallow, it could have walked to me but same thing as that we were saying before about the farm, like I don't know if anyone's ever been down there in a kayak and that might have just happened because the creature was like, holy shit, there's someone here and what the hell are they doing here? They're not supposed to be here. We've never seen them before or like they'd never seen a person before but whatever it was, it didn't want me there and I, I listened and I got out of there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's Dogman encounters are always like ten times scarier than Bigfoot or Yowie and or yeah. you know, big traditional Bigfoot encounters. They but they roar oh my gosh. Like I was I forgot that I had to ask questions and stuff after. I was so in, enthralled by the the encounter. No, I I don't know yeah. if I would have been taking my kayak with me though. You may be a better fisherman than me. I think I'd have been uh, I think I'd have been back in the truck before I was even thinking.
1: Yeah. It was just, a, just like I said, because I go that much, it was just like I'll pick it up and run with it. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> too much money there. But I think there's yeah, something, it's just, I reckon it's just followed me back to that spot just to make sure I was leaving. And leaving. then it was sort of because I was taking a bit of time to get out of the kayak because I was crapping mm-hmm. it. And maybe it was its was way of saying, pull your finger out, mate, and get out of there. So, so yeah, so we, I've got up, I've ran up there. I've never been so scared in my life. And, got up there i thought i was gonna die it was, it was all uphill and stuff it was it was a nightmare
0: i bet it sounds horrible i don't know if i'd yeah uh, i don't know if i'd be going back again ever and you went back three days later
1: yeah and it actually ended up being boxing day so three days later it was boxing day and um i didn't go to this spot as the crow flies i didn't realize as a crow flies it's not far but it was about 20 minutes about 15 minutes twenty minute drive difference, like in the location. I thought I'm all right here. As a crow flies, it was only about twelve Ks. And I was like after this happened, I was like, you idiot, twelve Ks is not far mm-hmm. at all. Like and the river's all bushland, like it could easily get to here and so that's that was yeah, that was the next encounter three days later. Do you want me to get into that? Yeah, now I'm, I'm just
0: enjoying or? listening. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this spot, like I said, it's about 12 Ks away, I'd gotten there and I got to this spot and I just got a new kayak. I said, like, I'm going to go here. It's away from all this crap. How good's this? I'm going to go here, try out my new kayak. Got me gear out, got in the water. It was about six o'clock, sun was up. Was like, how good's this? Perfect, I love the kayak. The kayak was awesome. Was like this is awesome. Nothing's happening. Nothing's gonna happen because I'm closer to population. Like 500 meters up the road, there's like 50,000 pounds. Like, like nothing's gonna happen here at all. The other spot was close to houses but not as heavily populated as this and both sides of the river this spot had houses and stuff and um so i'm fishing around stuffing around my new kayak for about 10 minutes going this is awesome all the crap that's happened to me the last couple of years there's nothing's going on here this is perfect 10 minutes into the trip i hear a twig snap in the bush and i thought nothing of it as you said we've got kangaroos and stuff like that around here and in the kayaks in Australia, like, it'd be a shame over there, but in the kayaks, they're so stealth-like that I can paddle up. i paddled up before on a on a little kangaroo or wallaby. Without them hearing me, they've got their back to the water and lent out and poked them with, a, with the kayak paddle. And you see them take off through the bush like maniacs because so they haven't heard me coming. And so I was like, oh, yeah, it might be might be a little wallaby there or whatever. I just didn't pay any attention to it. kept fishing along and I went to seen another spot i wanted to go target and I, as soon as i took a stroke with the paddle i heard something massive in the bush take a step and i'd realized after about three or four steps every stroke i was taking, this thing was taken or taking a step and i was like something something's going on there that's a bit odd and i thought i'll head back to the car as i've gone to head back i've realized this creature's on the same side as my car by the time i get back there it could be trouble and if you head about two k's down the river from where I was you come to a big um like a city yeah people walk along the side of the river they got bike tracks and that they drink coffee drink all their coffees down at the water said, so I'll head that way if anything happens and I'll, at least I can get down there ring me missus or me brother-in-law they can come pick me up and like I said I'd take a few strokes I'd take three strokes this thing would take three steps and as I said before I train racehorses when you get a crazy, like I do harness racing, and when you get a crazy one, you take taking bush. You get one that's spooky and likes to gallop a lot, and it's not supposed to gallop. You take a bush, get it around the animals, get it in the bush, just any spooky noises, you get bomb-proof them. They won't gallop anymore. They're safe and all that. And So we've done that. I've heard the the noise of a 500-kilo animal walking through sand, through bush, through grass track, like asphalt, everything. And And this creature that was walking and following me sounded everything uh, like sounded exactly the same weight as a big horse so this thing sounded like a 500 kilo creature going through the bush but it was on two feet and the side paddle here a couple of steps stop and I could stop for a minute and it would stop for a minute as soon as I took that first stroke again after that it would walk and I'd gotten about a kilometre down the river doing that and going oh no I'm stuffed here like this this creature's there's a creature over here too and out to my left I actually noticed something black in the bush I thought what the hell is that so I pulled my phone out and zoomed in took a couple of photos chucked my phone back in the kayak and took off and as soon as I started doing my paddles again I stopped hearing the noise I was like what the hell that's odd that's not walking with me anymore and I've gotten say 500 meters down the river and pulled up On the right, so I'm gonna stop here. I'm gonna have a smoke, have something to drink, like have have some water, and that I'm freaked out. Like whatever that was, thinking what am I gonna do here? I pulled my phone out and had a look at these photos, and you just see this the head of a big black what I I describe as a big black German Shepherd dog's head in the bush, and that scared the crap out of me because I was like, what am I gonna do here? I'm gonna head down there, and I was like, I don't know if this thing's still there. I thought, stuff it, I'm heading for the car. I'm going as quick as I could. And like I said, I hadn't heard anything in that whole trip back to the car. I never heard another sound of this creature in the bush. And to this day, maybe it was it realised I'd seen it when I took the photos or whatever, whatever it was. It might have went, oh, I was stuffed up here. Uh, He'd seen me. So I, it didn't harass me, but that paddle back to the car, I would have won the Olympic gold medal if... <laughs> I was at the Olympics. So I paddled that fast, got back there, chucked everything in the car. I didn't even strap down my kayak. I just took off, got home. Said to me, "Missus," said, "Look at this photo. Can you see this?" And she goes, "It looks like a big, like a, like a dog or like a um, like a monkey sort of thing." I was like, "Yeah, I know." And what I'd, I'd estimated this creature to be about seven foot tall. And since that's happened, as I said, my friends make documentaries and they had a new documentary it's just come out now um i'd spoken to one of my mates and he said oh we'll get onto a tiller and he's doing a documentary maybe we can go out he'll come with us and we'll go and investigate this location after going back to this spot with these guys this creature wasn't seven foot tall like i thought you go into the bushland and it's from the water you're looking at going oh yeah there's big trees and all this is it it looks like the the bank sloped right up and I thought, Oh, this creature is about seven foot. But being back there, this thing was at least 10 foot tall, if not 12 foot tall. I think what was it when we measured it? It was, um, yeah, it was about 10 foot tall and it was absolutely crazy. Because like, Oh, people have said, Oh, it's just a dog up a tree. I was like, oh, I've never seen a German shepherd up a tree. And, um, we went in there like i said in this documentary you see you go in there there was trees but it was all it looked like bushes but it wasn't it was like vines and you go in there and it was empty underneath Mm. the canopy it was empty and there was nothing that i could have stood on to get my head to that location of that photo where the creature's head was and we went back and we've done comparison photos to make sure it wasn't pareidolia and all that but that that day that was when i went holy shit these dog and creatures are real and being so close to that other encounter that was obviously and the way it went how ferocious this thing was going through the bush i'm tipping it was the same creature if not the same pack then there's these dog men over at this location but I yeah i got back showed me mr showed a heap of people and they all said that looks like people some people said it sort of looks like a pig, maybe or a, I've had someone say it looked like a bird and if you've seen the photos there's no way that's a bird's head now this is the one that like. the photo it's that's on your YouTube dog. right yeah so yeah and it's a big dog or a big wolf yeah it doesn't
0: look like a bird or nothing like that I agree it's it's <laughs> it's definitely canid like I could see the monkey yeah, like or seen. big ape you know like the like baboons kind of yeah. have that similar
1: well, that's the thing. It had yeah. a, a protruding snout, yeah. like that dog-like face, and people said maybe it was sort of like a baboon-y face or that. But how I say it, it's like a big, massive dog. It looked like a black German Shepherd or a Looks big like a
0: wolf, like a black but, long-haired German Shepherd.
1: Like yeah, but yeah. I you know, said so I've never seen one that could climb a tree, and there was nothing I could have climbed up, let alone one of them dogs climbing up to that. Right. That's locate like that. That spot. It was definitely it was standing there. And it was about ten foot tall, and yeah, it's it shattered my mind. It was like, holy shit, these things are real. What else are the, what else are we being told? Mm-hmm. Don't exist. They're out there. And I looked it up and I haven't seen photos like I got of this creature out there like that, that looked that good. And my dad still rings me nearly every day. He goes, holy shit, that's still one of the best photos I've seen of one of these creatures. And like I said, you get on there, you look and there's an eye from 400 meters away. Mm-hmm. And it's not <laughs> a dog man, but i've seen this creature and i know it's there and we've been back there and found other stuff in the bush that um i don't think i don't think it actually got shown in the got shown in the documentary but there was odd like it looked like a den where all the vines had grown over this stuff but it was opened up like something had been going in there and you look in there and it was all patted down and so whether this creature was there by itself or it showed itself to me because there was other, maybe it had pups in the area because it sort of didn't look like this creature could have got in there, but it might have been pups there. So it might have showed itself to say, hey, look at me. So I didn't see what was, here, the Yowies and Sasquatch and like Bigfoot and that doing the same thing. You'll see one here while something else, like on the left right. and something's going on the right as you're getting there, getting, their, getting your... Um, getting you to look over here so something else could get out of there. So whether this creature was by itself and just game as, like this was 7.30 in the morning, the sun was up, this is in the daytime, and this creature's following me and looking at me through the bush. Like, it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish when you look at dog man and yowies. It's it's nuts.
0: So what is – that's incredible. And then the, the photo looks really good too. Uh, I advise everybody at home Go check out the YouTube and stuff So you can see this photo Because it is a, it is It looks like Like you said Like a German Shepherd In a tree But it's not that Yeah You know But it, it's no. very It's very canid It looks like a big Like a dog yeah. That's just poking out
1: And it's The shape of it looks like It's muscly as right. Like you can sort of see It's neck and that But Oh it's Like but, you said It's a it's a dog But it's Not
0: Right like, uh, what do you, what are your opinions on the dog, man? What do you think it is? Do you think it's a full flesh and blood creature? Do you think it's kind of a mix? Do you think it's more supernatural?
1: I I don't know. It stumps me. Like like I said, before this happened, I thought it was made-up crap coming from over in America. People just mm-hmm. dramatizing everything. And oh, once I seen that one, holy crap, these are real. But this thing was flesh and blood. You could hear it moving through the bush. But then... With that first encounter with all the things going wrong like me forgetting my wallet and me music changing and hearing that voice in my head like that's not something flesh and blood does so. see
0: the music changing thing is what'd you say the song was saying yeah. again
1: it said um you know this is a bad idea and i've had people say to me maybe them things happening to you like you forgetting your wallet that gateway being closed because that gate, if I'd gone in there and went back, would have taken me to this location anyway, just from a different direction. But and then that music changing, they said maybe with it being on the land that belongs to my ancestors, maybe that was my ancestors warning me. Saying, yeah, you don't it's a bad idea, we don't want you going down here, or somehow this creature knew that I was coming and didn't want me there. But whatever it was, that was. Some of the woo that goes on, and it's the first time I sort of had that stuff happen, like music glitching out on me and stuff. It freaked me for it to go back to the same song that I was listening to at the same spot. Like it was like someone planted it there. That
0: is, that see, that's the detail right there that takes it from a normal-ish encounter. I get, nothing in this field's normal, but a more classical encounter yeah. to that more supernatural encounter. To where I mean. Yeah. And there is that connection here in the U.S. with the Dog Man and our Native Americans, whether it's a direct connection or not. Uh, they seem to be hanging around their burial mounds and all this stuff. Yep. So I wonder if that's like the same thing with the Aborigines. It's this, there, this yeah, thing well, is connected.
1: Nothing, there was nothing. Like we have found things that sort of allude to Dog Man. Like there's a book you can get. It's called the the. It was a giant dingo man, and then there is a story out. West, like right out in the desert, of this dog-like creature, like a werewolf, that was eating people. But it was sort of like there was like this witch lady or something like that, like a like a medicine lady or mm-hmm. whatever, like whatever you call them for the Aboriginal. But she was getting this creature to kill people, so it was sort of like a totem, or a, if that's what you call like yeah. it was like a it was like manifested that maybe this creature was real. But then you look at like, if you type in Bunyip, if you're on your computer now, type in Bunyip, the first thing, one of the first photos, images come up is a cartoon picture. Of it looks like a massive dog sitting in the water. So maybe that's why there isn't so many stories of these dogman creatures here, because people are misidentifying them for different creatures, whether it's Bunyip or Yowies. Like, if they, if I'd seen just something in the bush, I, I hadn't seen it. Like I said, the first encounter, I thought it was a Yowie. People could have been having encounters with this creature, but putting it down to Yowie's or Bunyips or the people that are having encounters with this creature aren't going home to tell people they've had an encounter with this creature. Like they might have been getting taken out, eaten or whatever. Right. Like, so it's hard. And <clears throat> I'd never heard of a Yow a, big, a, big, a dog dogman encounter in Australia. After I've had the encounter, I've spoken to a few of my friends, been on a couple of podcasts and a couple of them, have said, yeah, we've had encounters and we've had people on our show talking about them. But still, there would only be a handful of encounters I've heard of. And I don't know where they've come from. I don't know. There's no, like I said, there's no law. There's a couple of stories and stuff, but there's no cave paintings of these creatures. There's no full-blown stories of these creatures in Aboriginal law. So I don't know if they've, like I said, haven't turned up here or people are having encounters or have been having for thousands of years that just haven't survived or, like, survived the encounter or they've said, oh, that's a bunyip. Because all my encounters are always around water. Bunyips are apparently seen around water. Mm-hmm. So there's two things that are already the same. Like I said, there's people encountered bunyips that said they look like dogs. They've had people, yowies with dog faces on them and stuff. So there is in there is documentation but there's not that foolproof like the way the originals talk about yaoi's and junjuddy and that like it's not in their law like these creatures like I don't think they are even in America are they like you said they. do the Indians have stories of them or are they y-
0: yes and no Uh so the Native American tribes once again, everybody at home I say this. I'm not a Native American expert because uh, there's tons and tons yeah. of tribes here native to the U.S. Uh, yeah. But there's everything from skinwalkers out west to even some stuff in the northern, like the Algonquin tribe talks about the Wendigo could be related to dog yeah. man. You know, seeing something and creating a lure behind it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, there are there are stories that kind of talk about this. These They call them most times shapeshifters where they are yeah. half-human, half-dog kind of descriptions. And they're never good. Yeah, None of the Native American no. stories about it. They're never anything good. But the exact opposite for Sasquatch. Uh, they have yeah. Sasquatch stories. And, like, a lot of the Sasquatch stories are neutral or positive. Yeah. And almost yeah. all of the Dogman stories in Native American lore are very, very negative. They're nothing you want to be around yeah. Uh, They involve curses. They involve, you know, just kind of the bad juju of the world. Like they're a byproduct of when you start dabbling in, you know, with evil or stuff. And maybe that's why they're starting to show up in Australia is that it may be, I don't know if it's for Australia, it may be the European settlers bringing it it over. You know, it may be because we think that some of the fae folk uh, in North America came over from Europe. Like, they just followed the people that had the yep. legends and lore about them. Uh, I don't yep. know. It's, it's you're definitely, you, like, yeah, I've, I've never heard at, of one.
1: No, you look at, yeah, you look at Dogman, werewolves. You look at all the stories mm-hmm. of werewolves in Europe and that. Back however long, like, settlers come here. They could have been with them or somehow they've, I don't know how they've got here, but they could have been here the whole time. You think, like, You think, oh, there's no no such thing as werewolves or that. That's what this thing was. You look at it and it's looks like a werewolf. And I just because you haven't seen it shapeshift or that to say that it's a werewolf. That's obviously like what dogmen are. I reckon they're the same. They've got to be the same. I reckon and they're just it's unbelievable. It it makes you think what the hell else is out there. If the werewolves are right. The werewolves are real. Where are the vampires? Where are this and where are that? Like all the stuff, and it just it gets a bit, it gets so bloody crazy. And yeah, it's it still spins me out to this day that i actually seen the creatures and they were terrifying. But like I said again, it could have got me easily. Like I was a kilometer from my car in my kayak in Australia. I'm not paddling down the river with a gun. I've got a little the second encounter, I had a big bowie knife because I went and bought it after the first encounter. because. The first encounter at this location, I didn't even have a knife on me. I had a pair of long nose pliers. Like, I was like, <laughs> that's not going to help me. So I had a, at least I had a knife this time. But even still, like that creature wants to get me. That little knife's not doing nothing. Like It could have got me. And I think there's been a few times since it could have got me again. And I've been back there during the day to the first location We've gone back There's a park at the top where the cars, you park the cars and so I've been back there. There's a good fish and chip shop over there. We go get something to eat, go there and have the kids play at the park. And there was one day we went for a walk down to the water and my daughter said, hey dad, can you hear that? And in the distance you could hear the roar that I got from this creature when it run down the bush at me. Hmm. And I said, that sounds like that roar that I had from that, I said that animal. And she goes, hey, Dad, that animal, it must be your friend. He's saying hello to you. And I said, don't say that. I'm out let's get, of Let's get going. <laughs> Being an innocent little girl, you know what I mean? She's kids like, oh, scar- his, that's your kids
0: he's say hello. the scariest things.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I don't think he's my friend, Bubba. Let's get back to the car. And it was a couple of weeks later, I went back again. And I got out of the car and I was getting the stuff out. And my missus was out. She was getting my son out of the car. And she looked at me. She goes, can you hear that? And she was white. And sure enough, as she said that, I'd stopped and everything was quiet. In the distance, you'd hear that howl again. She's like, it, it freaking knows you're here. I was like, I think it does. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it smell me or what, or it knows I'm here or it's just coincidence. But, so I've been back a couple of times and every time I've heard something and we went back with my friends to the first location when they were doing the documentary. And on the other side of the water at night, we were down there with the cameras and with their thermals, they couldn't see anything. But at the top of the hill on the ridge line, I could see these two amber eyes without a light on them. They were glowing in the dark. They're like a ambery yellow sort of color. They weren't red, they were that ambery color. And they were looking at me. I could see it blinking and putting its head side to side of this tree. And they couldn't pick up anything on their thermal cameras or that, but I could see it and it would move to the next tree and look at me and, before I'd seen the eyes, I had that feeling like we we're being watched, and we seen the eyes and some other stuff happen, and that was it with nothing definitive where we seen it. But I seen these two massive glowing eyes, like they were big. They were like our yeah, twenty cent pieces. I don't know if you got coins are yeah, that yeah. big. Like they were big eyes from a big distance away, and so yeah. So there's been other encounters with this creature over there, but like I said, nothing, nothing that I. Other than that first one, I thought I was going to die, but it never come close enough to do it. Like Nothing's actually happened to me there, but oh, it's a lot scarier than the stuff I've had happen with the Yowies. Like, that was scary enough, but this, it's... And then when you know what it is, if you've had an encounter over there again and you know what's in that location, it's bloody scary.
0: And that seems to track with what happens over here with Sasquatch and Dogman. You know, Dogman encounters are always... Sorry. Uh dogman encounters are always yeah, over the top. Like they're always yeah. terrifying. They're always horrible. Yeah. Uh and not saying there's that's some really at
1: people in the bush smiling at him. Oh yeah. my
0: gosh. There's the Michigan story where literally he's or no, the Tennessee story where he's looking in the van window and he's smiling at people. And yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's, it's, that's worse than anything. It's gross. Once you see like yeah, seeing a dogman like alone an and now it's cuz it knows what it's doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's knows yeah. like that's that's Dogman's one thing I never want to see. Now, I, it, yeah. Before we got into this this field, <coughs> uh me and Jay, I always uh, just always yeah. always thought Dogman was just a misidentified Bigfoot. The people did they've seen yeah, a Bigfoot. No, no, no. But after getting into it talking to people like yourself and stuff like that, I, I 100% believe Dogman's real. I don't personally think... Yeah, they're think, different. Sorry. I don't personally think it's flesh <laughs> no, and yeah. blood as much as a Sasquatch. I do think there's a physical aspect to them. but I definitely think there's yeah. a much more spiritual or supernatural aspect as well. Because yeah. we have stories here in the U.S. of people shooting
1: them. And not a lot happens. Yeah, and just keep coming. Yeah. And they just keep walking. Or they just turn around and walk off. And it's funny because I've been back to this spot middle of the day to go for a fish where i got the photos i don't head the same direction i head back up the river away from there but i've been there and there's been like hindu priests there they'll collect the water out of the water out of the river in their big urns and they're doing like a prayer on it and stuff like obviously for like i don't know if hindus do baptism whatever it is like these the indians with the turbans i think they're the like the hindu sort of religion but they're getting water out of this river and doing stuff Doing chants and that to this water and then putting in their car and obviously taking it to I I sound bad, but I don't know if they have christening whatever it is for right. Hindu christenings or baptism or whatever it is. They're obviously using this, and that's I've mentioned to them before when I've seen them in different spots. They're like, Oh, it's for 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 your christening. Like they say it, like that's for your christening, like so obviously it's not for them, but whatever it is, whether that has something to do with it or I know. One side of the river here, like, where I had this encounter, was a tip. Like, right in front of the... Behind the bush that i got the photo, there's a big tip there for a lot of the area. Like, there's 100,000 to 200,000 people in, within five-minute drive that live there. So it's a massive tip for all their rubbish and that. The other side of the is an army barracks. And I've heard, a, like, a tip, like a garbage... Like, they take all the rubbish, too, like...
0: Oh, a du- okay, so, sorry... Like a dump sorry. Dump. yeah. No, dunk.
1: language like a big barrier. Dump site. Yeah. A big uh, dump site. Okay. There. And then the other side of the river's is uh, um army barracks and I know a lot of encounters with these dogman creatures have been around army barracks.
0: Uh yeah. Never trust never trust the, the, anything around the military camps. Literally, we have so yeah. much stuff in the US that literally you look and like we've had people come on and say that like, we've had dogman encounters, we've had giant birds yeah. and mothman and then i'll be like is there happen to be a military near every base from nearby he's like oh yeah you know there's 10 miles down the road or yeah, yeah it was on the other side of the fence
1: a, well this location like we're at the first encounter and this one like where i got the photos the other side of the river it's all it's army barracks national park but the army barracks is there and you're not allowed on that land because it's army barracks, there's signs up saying there is live vines live and stuff in the bush. I don't think there is. I think it's just to keep people, people out. out? But, so it's a national park. What's that?
0: It, no, I just was, yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's national park. You should be able to go there because it's that army barracks. It's all cordoned off. You can't go in there at all. But so I don't know if these creatures are coming to this area. Like they're in this area because they know they're not going to be harassed. Or it's something to do with the army, which I don't think, I don't know, not over here anyway. I think this might be just a bit of a coincidence because it is right where it was. If you go past the army barracks, it's thousands and thousands of acres of forest that you right. can go into, and that it's just that that's location there. But I've heard a lot of stories. I know I love the confessionals, and I know a lot of stories that Tony's talked about of even portals and that, and people seeing the Dog men come out of portals and all this, all the mm-hmm. real wild stuff. It always seems to be a dog man's around. Like, it's it can't be just flesh and blood. But I I like to think that because it makes me feel a bit it makes you feel it better. scammy, but yeah. But there's a lot of wild stuff that goes on around them and this like this creature and the locations for sure.
0: Well, you've successfully like the, the it's made my skin crawl. At the, the the howl and everything like that, that would be so scary. Yeah. Do you have anything else there's you anything want to add? I think.
1: No. Well, I've I've started going to this other spot that I've caught two creatures. If you have a look on the YouTube, there's one day I went there. I caught this creature on my thermal. I just got one. It was only a cheap one. It was about seven hundred bucks. It's, it doesn't see very far, but it does pick up heat signatures and that. And there's one video you see the creature sort of, it's only looked real skinny and that. And people have said maybe it was a rake or something like, and I don't, Mm. I haven't really looked into it, but it's just a little thing sort of looking out there. But when I, as soon as I turned the thing on, I basically turned it, seen it, all my batteries went flat. Like the thermal, I get six hours. Like they can't see it with the podcast. It's only a little one like Mm -hmm. that, but um, it's got six hours of battery. I hit record. And it came up straight away low battery and i got about a minute and a half two minutes record and it died i pulled i've got this big sony 4k camera that's got night vision on it and that like it's it's same thing i get five or six hours battery it didn't go flat but my infrared torch i used to boost my night vision it went flat and i lost it i put me headlamp i've got a headlamp it's a cost me a couple hundred bucks it's same thing heaps of hours of battery life it went dead within 30 seconds and that's when I freak turned the car on left because I was like my car's got a battery in it and I don't want it to go to in case I can't leave (laughs) so I've had that happen there and I've come back again and caught a massive creature at the end of the track away from me I I got it on the footage and you can't see it moving that but when I was looking through the eyepiece because you can connect my thing up to my phone so you can look at it through the phone and just sort of pan around While that was doing, while it was connecting up, I couldn't hit record on it, but so I'm looking through it, just having a look. And I've seen these massive creatures stand up out of the bush, right in front of me. And it doesn't set off a heat signature. It's just a big black mass and you put it on, like the black to white heat, and then you go the white to black heat, like the different ones, and it doesn't change to, it's like it's putting on a heat signature, but you can still see that outline. And, like, if I hadn't seen this creature stand up, like, rise up out of the bush in front of me, I wouldn't have even known it was there. I would have said it was a tree or something like that. So that's, so that's happened there. And then I've gone back the last couple of weeks. I don't know if I've sent any of the footage of that. I know my new video's come out, but I've got another video I'm about to release when I get off today. I'm going to finish doing it and then post it up of going back to this location and finding a den or a nest. And then when I leave there, something within two metres jumps up and runs on two feet away from me. You can just hear it running off through the bush and it scared the absolute crap out of me. I was by myself and in the footage, even like, cause I had me GoPro going, you can hear that my voice is rattled. I can't breathe properly. It scared the absolute crap out of me. So I've had a lot of going on out there. So hopefully in the next couple of months, I'm going to get me mates. We're going to start going there a lot and try and get some more footage. There's a big, there's a river, same thing again, It's around a river. And there's big massive sandstone cliffs either side and i know you can come from the other side as well so we're going to try and stake out a thing where we sit there around night on both sides of the river because maybe these creatures are coming up out of the creek out of the um sandstone like cliffs there might be caves and stuff which there usually is with sandstone and that so hopefully we can get some stuff out there but yeah other than that the dog man is bloody it's I'm silly to keep going out there, but it happens. I would say, makes yeah. Makes you want to know more. Like,
0: you're you're crazy. Like just I said, so you it know, happened
1: two, it happened in these three encounters. All happened within three to three weeks. The end of December 2019, before the world went crazy, and it was. I think it happened, and I know a lot of people that have had encounters around that same time in in the past. And that it's like us people that having these encounters are supposed to, whether it's to wake us up or whatever it is, it was like, it, it feels like it was meant to happen. And I know, like I said, a lot of people are saying the same thing these last couple of years, these encounters they're having, it's like they're almost happening on purpose. And I've spoken to some Aboriginal elders, like I've spoken to a man that's spoken to Aboriginal elders and they've actually spoken of Yowie's and Aboriginals used to have treaties. They used to trade between each other the yaoes and that used to make baskets for them they used to give them food and there was apparently a treaty of the aboriginals looked after the land and the yaoes were in charge of the forest and when the white people come over and the europeans come over and took over the land they said the yaoes said that the aboriginals had broken that treaty because they didn't hold up their side of the bargain of looking after the land they lost the land to the white people and you to Aboriginals now, you mentioned Yowie, you see their eyes, they glass up. It's like, it's like generational DNA imprint. Like as soon as they hear Yowie, they're freaked out. No matter they've seen one or not, you can just see it in their eyes. And I've like said before with training race horses, harness race and paces and that pacing isn't a natural gait. They wear hobbles to make them do that, do that pacing to do that, like that gait and now the foals are being born and they're getting up and they're not galloping anymore they're naturally first thing they do they're pacing which it wasn't a natural gate so it's like dna imprinted uh-huh. into them now the horses for so many years being trained i said this is what it's like with the aboriginal people because you mentioned Yowie around them and it's like they've never even heard that word but they shit themselves straight away like and they reckon it's because this treaty got broken and the Abri- the yaois and that they're not friends or anything but these elders I've heard, heard about have said they've some people have been in contact with Yowie's and they want their treaty back. They're sick of hiding in, hiding in the bush. They're sick of, they wanna be out. They want people to know about them and all this. And they have actually said that they will be showing themselves to the right people that are gonna use it in the right context, whether it this sort of format, get it out like this or share it with their community. They're gonna be doing that more and more over the coming years to help with them being able to come back out because they're sick of hiding and think a lot of people say oh it's bull crap or that but I've seen these creatures I've had encounters so oh, that's enough for me to believe anything that could happen and right. like I said if I hadn't had these encounters I wouldn't have done this what I do I know my podcast isn't real big I've, had, I've got like 1300 subscribers and that but I i haven't really done much about it but um yeah it's it's weird and these creatures could be coming to life. Like they could be coming out and wanting their land back, or they want they, they they want their forest looked after. How they've done it for thousands of years and kept everything in balance and stuff. And yeah, it's it's gonna be some wild times the next couple of years, I reckon. Like the years been the last couple of years have been wild with everything going on around the world. And like I said, I reckon this happened to waking me up to spread the word of these creatures to people that might be at home and have had something knock at the wall and heard something run off and thought it's oh, nothing of it or been out in the bush and thought they've seen something run in their torchlight and ah oh, there's nothing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the more i talk about it and spread the word i reckon the more it's benefiting people anyway like and yeah i think that's what i was supposed to do
0: it's it's amazing and You'll have to keep me, I mean you will, but you'll have to keep me updated on the stuff as you go out more, And yeah, because I'm sure you're going to have more encounters, but it's just, like the, the Native Americans here, there's out west, I cannot remember the tribe, but they talked about the, the same thing of having these deals with Sasquatch, yeah. with having treaties and trade and stuff like that, and it really seems with the European expansionism is when a lot of that stuff changed. And like, you know, I think it's probably similar things that the, the balance that was established really got messed up.
1: Yep. You even look at my little town, right back in the day, there's a book from like a hundred years ago and they had photos of my town. And you look at the way the landscape was the river in my town. Didn't have any bush along it. They had the odd gum tree. Everything was perfect. The aboriginals did all the land management, right? And then the, in, like the um, Europeans come in and that all stopped because they killed a lot of the Aboriginals and pushed them into camps, all that sort of stuff. But that's another whole another podcast <laughs> when you go into that sort of stuff. Yeah. But our, ever since then, and we don't do their traditional, they do traditional burning. So They'll burn it. They know the way the wind's blowing, the time of year to do it and everything. They kept everything pristine. Look at them photos then and to now, it's looks like a whole different country. And if these, they reckon that these um what would you call it the way they they were doing this the way they were treating the land and doing their land management was taught to them by these by the yowies and the aboriginals talk about yowies as people not creatures right. they reckon they're just another tribe or another person like they're 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 beings they're not actually just a creature that's climbed out of a tree and decided to walk like they're they've got their own ways of doing stuff and yeah it's it's just weird it if they, they've spoken about it. They've got paved paintings of yaois and that. They've always been around, and we even find like sooner or later everyone's gonna know. But like aboriginals, they, oh they've been in in Australia for fifty thousand years. We've got carbon dating done of paintings in Kakadu and that that are like over one hundred twenty thousand years old, and they made out the aboriginals did nothing. They just they were just meat eaters. That's all they did. They just hunted. There's there's books out now with documented stuff from the first fleet of houses and communities and farms and everything like all this stuff's sort of coming out now and i think that's why these yowies the yaois and other creatures are starting to come out more and more now it's to wake everyone up to what's going on around them and to know hey we're here and we're not as bad as you make out because yeah dog men and that's bad but then yaois but there's a lot of good Stories you hear, too right. you hear of kids going missing in the bush and they get saved by a yowie or a sasquatch or even a dog. A big dog picked me up and brought me home, mm-hmm. Dad. And kids, kids don't make up like they see stuff and they see a lot of stuff that we don't see. Like they, what is it, till you're seven years old? They reckon you can, yeah, you're more spiritual. You see mm-hmm. ghosts easier and stuff like that. Like there's all that. There's stories are good and bad and you don't. We won't ever really. No, unless these creatures were to come out and be able to talk and say hey this is us and this is why we're here and where we come from so it's a lot of guessing guesswork and that but so I'm just going to be out more and more when I get a chance like I said I've got little kids so I can't get out all the time and going to be training my horses again soon but it's going to be more chance to do this sort of stuff too I'll have a bit more time to get out and do it but yeah, it's just the more you see the more you want to know and it's it's good and bad at the same time. Like I said, it waked me up to a lot of the stuff going on in this world before I was a bloody sheep, you know what I mean? But
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's so it's good and bad about it and it's still still it's good and it still scares the crap out of you too when you're sitting there at the odd day and go, Oh my god, I can't believe I seen I got a photo of a dog man like that. Right. Ow, ow. I know I'm rambling on a bit, I'm got a bit carried away rambling on, no, but yeah, it's just of that passion and I want to get this out, out to people that to know hey I was one of you guys going oh yeah whatever that that doesn't exist you're off your head like you're on drugs and you're saying that no these things are out there and they're getting closer and closer to humanity and yeah it's it's awesome
0: I I want to have you back on here you know after you get back out a few more times and stuff like that it's been so yes, much well, fun and thank you again for coming on I know we're getting close yeah, to the awesome. two-hour mark, but... Uh,
1: yeah, I, I tried to do it as quick as I could. No,
0: it's, it's great. It, yeah. it, it's not a time thing. It's just, it's late here for me. Uh, yeah. But will you please promote yourself one more time, your name, where people can find you, I'll have all the links below. Yeah,
1: sweet. Yeah, as I said before, you go to, um, go to YouTube and look up Creepers Cryptid and Paranormal Corner. You go to Instagram, it's on there, too. It's just Creepers Cryptid there. Um, on Spotify and... I think it's just Spotify at the moment. I've been putting my same videos I put on YouTube onto Spotify. It's onto, it was onto one of the podcasting brands. I think Spotify owns it now. But they post it to Spotify, and I will be posting them to other podcasts as well. I haven't looked into that yet of setting up like Apple and stuff like that. But if you go to, you can go to YouTube Creepers Cryptid, Paranormal Corner. It's the same on Spotify. And, yeah, so that's all I'm doing at the moment. But it's awesome. Like I said, it got me through the lockdown and the pandemic, the bad stuff, and I had a bit of time where my mental health wasn't good and this was a good thing. It was a good escape. Not escape, but it was a good thing to get my mind off what else was going on in my life and bring me back to earth and, like, bring me back and settle me out and settle me down a bit and it was good to do this. And I know what I'm doing... I'm a bit dodgy at the moment like i'm only getting used to it i'm i struggle sometimes i was really shy as a kid and it's hard to get on and talk like this let alone talk about the stuff that i am talking about but i'm just hoping that someday one day someone walking through the bush and be like oh i heard, I heard john talking about something like this happening before oh my god i'm not crazy because so i'm tipping there's a lot of people out there that just think they're they're completely batshit crazy and their their minds going on them because like I said, when I first had these encounters, I didn't believe me, my own eyes. Like, so I'm just hoping that me doing this and you guys doing it too, you do an awesome job. And Thank a lot of the guys in America, their podcasts are are awesome, but there's a few that like this, you guys, I know I, I get into like the Appalachian intelligence. I'll, I love watching them guys the confessionals, that sort of stuff. That's sort of my go. And that's what I want to do over here. I want to be able to bring people's stories forward. We've had encounters with these creatures and the more people find out and the more people come forward, it's only better. There's no negative out of this sort of stuff that we're doing. So hopefully one guy, one day I can be as big as you guys but until then it's awesome to get on and have a chat with you and hopefully I get some more stuff going on out at this new location. I can talk about it and once I start doing some interviews and I'd love to have you guys on to have a chat and tell us about your encounters. And
0: We'd love to. You,
1: like I've been listening to you for a while but even with listening to you for a year or so, I still don't know half the encounters, like your backstories and stuff like that. And I haven't watched all, listened to all your episodes. And so it'd be good that I can have people over here listen to what you guys have got to say and stuff. And I get to learn a bit more about you guys too. You know what I mean? That's, it'd be awesome. that's what everyone needs to do. There's there's a lot of people that argue and bicker in the world. And it's good that this sort of genre of, like this, this stuff that's going on, more people get on that don't, so it's good, and it's and yeah, it's awesome to come on and have a chat with you. It's been heaps good.
0: Thank you. It's been it's been fun over here too. Now before we go, uh, sorry, before we go, you know how we like to end it. I'm gonna count down from three. Me and you are gonna scream "bye" together, and then the outro will play.
1: Yes, wait. You ready? Yep.
0: Three, two, one, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crypts of the Corn dot com. And don't forget, stay magical.